Welcome to True Grit and Grace, a podcast designed to empower you to claim your resilience and thrive through life's challenges. I am Amberly Lago, a mindset coach, fitness expert, and best-selling author. Each week, I'll dive deep with the world's brightest thought leaders and elite performers to share tangible tools and practical advice to inspire you to keep your eyes on the prize and forge ahead. So get ready to conquer your fears, heal any trauma, lead with your heart, and elevate your life with grit and grace. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you tuning in. I think we have all had our fair share of challenges, disappointments, and in the new year, gosh, I think we just need to start off with some positive habits, a set of goals, and some new dreams, and to go bigger and play bigger. I think the message of resilience is truly what we all need most as we enter 2021. So I really hope you'll join me for Brooke Hemingway's Align Resilience virtual event. I'm so excited to share the secrets to tapping into your superpower of resilience and thriving. No matter what life throws your way, no matter if things don't go as planned, that you can still have the life that you have always imagined. Some of my good friends, closest friends, and people who I really love and look up to are going to be at the event as well. So Samantha Harris will be there. Trent Shelton will be there. Tiffany Peterson. So go to AmberlyLago.com under events and you can find uh, more information about Align Resilience and really start the new year with clarity, um, goals, and tools to be more resilient. And I have some exciting news. I am doing my very first virtual book club. I'm, I'm teaming up with High Tide and we're doing our very first True Grit and Grace book club. And it's not just like any old book club where you read a book. This is 28 days of micro lessons to generate more gratitude, to discover self-compassion and the secrets to resilience and to being more resilient and thriving. So you're going to have in the book club, you know, your daily companion course. You'll be able to connect with like-minded people. You'll have support and accountability and Q&A with me. We're going to meet on Zoom. There'll be plenty of time to connect and ask questions, and it's going to be real-time lessons as we do this together. So again, go to AmberlyLago.com under events, and you can find the True Grit and Grace book club with High Tide that I'm doing. And if you have any questions, you can always text me at 818-214-7378 and reach out, ask me any questions about either one of these events. And I really want to start this new year off together because together we're stronger. Together we are unstoppable. Now let's get on to the show. Hey y'all, thank you for being here. If you are ready to build your self-confidence, if you have been working and hustling, trying to build your brand, but you want to feel more aligned and wake up feeling more resilient, then I am so glad that you're here because today on the show, I have Ashley Han. She's a branding and marketing strategist, coach, 
best-selling author. She's a speaker and she is on a mission. In fact, she's a mission-driven entrepreneur and her mission is to support as many conscious leaders and heart-centered entrepreneurs as possible in playing their biggest game so they can create maximum impact and a lasting ripple effect on the world. So she first entered the online space back in 2012 as a marketing director for an ABC Shark Tank company. And that is where she was a major assist in 500% company growth within the first year and landing it as the number one fastest growing private company in San Diego. She went on to found Omni Media Marketing in 2015 which now it's known as Ashley Hand Branding and Consulting. And this is an online marketing agency that helps amplify and monetize web presence so you can make more money, you can have a bigger impact. And y'all, if you check out her Instagram and you see her Facebook or her YouTube, you will know exactly what I mean. She really has such beautiful way of getting her message of, across and so authentic. Um, her team specializes in creating beautiful, premium, and highly optimized websites and engaging social media content. And she's, y'all, she's so passionate about personal growth and mindset and emotional intelligence. And she really walks the walk and, and just doesn't talk the talk. She really leads by example. And you can see this if you follow her and see her stories on Instagram. Um, today's episode, she really gives us tips and tools on how to create those rituals that will set you up for success and let you be in more in alignment. She's written her number one best-selling book called Magnetic Confidence, attract the results, relationships, and life you want. And through her tools and teaching modalities, Ashley empowers women and men to own their authentic power, their worth, and be fully expressed so they can live their best life, happiest, and most fulfilling lives. So y'all get ready and let's give a warm welcome to Ashley Han. Ashley, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to see your beautiful face. I always love when I get to connect with you. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Amberly. I'm so excited. Well, I, I've known you for, gosh, at least a couple of years now. And I first just want to acknowledge how much you inspire me on so many levels. I mean, first of all, you are such a branding expert. Whenever I see your website, I stalk you on Instagram. And so I always look at <laughs> your masterminds and, and your coaching programs. And they're so pretty. You build these beautiful you know, platforms for people to connect. And then you help so many other people build their brands. And I think the first time I met you in person, I was like, oh my gosh, she is a tech savvy beast. We <laughs> recorded for your podcast and you were just setting everything up and getting the mic. So I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like her. I that's what I want. I want to do that. And then you also, another reason you really inspire me is you show up so authentically and you, you really give others permission to do the same. And then I love that you have this self 
development side of you that, you know, you really, you can tell you do the work on yourself and it shows in your relationships and your business. And then also you inspire me with your confidence. And I think there's a big difference in like confidence or cocky. And you have this radiant confidence about you, but it, 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 you encourage other women to, to be the same. And you're so you're, I think a girl's girl, you really cheer (laughs) other women on. And so that is very inspiring too. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you become this beautiful, confident, badass that you are now that you're working with like the top leaders in the industry and you've had some of like my like idols on your show you've had Gary V on you've had I mean you work with amazing people how did you get into being this entrepreneur and this confident entrepreneur that you are were you always that way or did how did you do that Absolutely. It was not always this way. (laughs) Absolutely not. And thank you so much, Amberly. I just, I really appreciate everything that you said. It really means a lot to hear from you because I so respect you. And so thank you for that acknowledgement and for seeing me. I really have always loved that you, I really feel that you have always seen me. And as a woman, that feels so great to have from another woman who you respect. And I love, you know, women supporting women is so important And we're starting to see this shift happening where women are starting to see like, you know, we don't need to compete with each other. We don't need to be jealous of each other. We don't need to look at each other like threats um, that we can actually support one another. And when we choose to do that, we rise together and we actually move in and rise so much quicker than we would on our own. And so and, you know, the other thing that you mentioned too, is that, yes, I've been on my, this journey, right. Of self-development. It's been really important to me. And one thing I'm clear about is that transformation is not a destination. You don't become transformed. You are always transforming and transformation is a lifestyle. It's a choice that you make every single day. And it's the choice that I make every single day. And I will continue to make for the rest of my life. Cause that's the path I'm on. And that's the lifestyle I'm choosing to live. And I can say that since I chose that life, a lot of things have, of course, changed, Um, of course, as outward reflections of the inward work that I've been doing. And when I started out, I absolutely, I mean, if you knew me, Amberly, like six years ago, you, you wouldn't recognize me. Well, I have to say, I saw that picture you put on Instagram of (laughs) how it started (laughs) and you look like a different person. I mean, it's not, it's not that you just look so different. You can see that you Mm -hmm. weren't, you looked shy. You didn't look as strong and bold and you can see it. And a lot of times people need to see a visual if they don't know understand. you very well. Yeah, to understand. Yeah. And so, yeah, I saw that. Because we're, we're visual creatures and it helps because absolutely. I mean, and, and what I meant by you wouldn't recognize me is you wouldn't recognize me energetically. Like mm-hmm. I am not the same energetic being that I was growing up, that I was in my adolescent years, that I was in my early adulthood. You know, I've completely, 
And what I've really done, Amberly, is I've stepped into me. I've finally expressed who I am. I've stopped mm-hmm. hiding, hiding and shaming parts of me and holding back. You know, mm-hmm. I did that for so long. And yes, I was muted. I was, uh, I would hide all the time. I played super small. I was super shy. And, um, and it was because growing up, I was, I experienced bullying. Um, and, and it was very painful and I made up a lot of beliefs about myself and my worth and I felt consistently rejected. And so then what did I start to do? I started rejecting myself. I started shaming myself. I started pushing my true self away because I felt that I wasn't good enough, that my true self wouldn't be accepted, that my true self wouldn't fit in. And then, so I was always even though I was desperately wanting acceptance and love as we all do, Mm -hmm. I was pushing that possibility away further and further away simply because I was rejecting and not accepting myself. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it it was a, I was not confident. I I was terrified of being on camera on public speaking. Forget it. I mean, I would be shaking and trembling. I couldn't even finish my senior presentation. I had to have someone take over for me because I could not speak. The words wouldn't come out of me. So I'm in a very different place now. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen you speak and and you are just the most amazing speaker. You get up in front of a room and it's like you own that space. And so that's so inspiring to see how far you can come and that there are endless possibilities when we just learn to love and accept ourselves and step into our power. It just breaks my heart, though, that, that the bullying that we, you know, I feel like we're born with such confidence. And, yes. you know, I see my, my 12 year old, she still runs around the house and I love how confident she is. Like, you know, she's probably going to kill me if she hears me say this, but like, she'll just run around naked. And I'm like, I love that, that she feels so confident in and herself free. That, and free. And, and that, that I love seeing that. And then Somewhere along the line, you know, someone can tell us, you know, I know I certainly heard, you know, I was made fun of for being too skinny. My nickname was Annie Anorexic, although, you know, I wasn't Mm -hmm. anorexic or they called Mm me bulimic girl. And so those things really stick with you and can until you decide that you want more out of life. What do you think was the, the moment that you were like, wait a minute, I want I want more. I don't like how this is going. I want to step into my full potential and live my best life. Do you, was there a moment or was it a little bit over time? Um, it, I would say it was over time. Um, but I do, but there is, there wasn't, you know, my altar call moment was really that set me off on this journey. I've been on for really the last, you know, five, six years, whatever it's been now was when my best friend at the time, and it's so cool now looking back and seeing this because she just invited me to go to a, what I thought was a conference. (laughs) It actually was not at all a conference. And if it was, it was the most uncomfortable effing conference I'd ever been to. Like, well, it was, it was a training room. It was a self-development training room. Like, I remember sitting there with my arms crossed, just like 
what am I doing here? Like, I need to leave right now. And, um, and you know, my, my best friend at the time, she's like super, you know, she doesn't bother her. She's like fine. And she's like going up and speaking in front of the room. And I'm like, uh, uh, you know, she's like tapping me, go, go on, go on. I'm like, no way, not doing that. You know? So I was in, and I was really going to leave. Um, I ended up staying and thank God that I stayed because I needed to go through that discomfort. I needed to choose to stick through that discomfort because as we know, our true growth and possibility happens outside of our comfort zones. So Mm -hmm. if we keep choosing to be comfortable and make comfortable decisions, if we're not feeling uncomfortable, we're going to keep creating the same feedback loops in our life, our, our life over and over again, and the same results over and over again. And so I stuck with it. And I mean, I'm telling you, it was intense. I was, my knees were knocking and shaking. I was trembling, crying, screaming. Like it was a very intense four month long journey. And it was exactly what I needed. And you know, what's crazy, you guys, for anyone listening right now who has had a, has quote unquote, lost someone in their lives, meaning maybe you had a best friend or a partner who ended up, it not it didn't work out and you guys ed- exited each other's lives and you've been maybe dealing with that pain. Oddly enough, I've been, I've been feeling that a lot. A lot of people are kind of going through that right now. Trust that there is such a purpose that that person had in your life. And it may not be a forever purpose, but they had a powerful purpose because that best friend that invited me to go to that quote unquote conference is no longer my best friend. And we had a huge heartbreaking, it was a break, a best friend breakup. Mm. And I am clear that that was her purpose in my life. And what a gift, right? Mm-hmm. What a gift for, for her to invite me to that. And then for that to completely be the catalyst for this transformation that I've had over the last five, six years. So just trusting in the purpose that people have in your life, man, there's always a purpose if you just choose to see it that way and not focus on the loss, but focus on the lesson, focus on the gift. Yeah. And, and focus on the blessing is such, I think for this year, for 2020, it's like, I've had to do it over and over. Like, what is the blessing in this? You know, what, 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 and focus on gratitude and, you know, that what it's, it's amazing how one person can, sometimes we don't always know why we meet someone, but I do feel like we may meet every single person in our life for a reason, whether it's to teach us a lesson or, you know, lead us to another person or, you know, lean on them. They can lean on you. I don't know. I just feel like we all meet someone on our path for a reason and look at where it has brought you now. Well, I know you went to school for, you know, branding and, and marketing. Well, And then you got out of school and were like, I'm going to work in corporate or did you always know I want to do my own thing? Because I think you were like working for Shark Tank, weren't you? It was a ABC Shark Tank company. So it was one of Mark Cuban's investments from the show, uh, Tower Paddleboards. And that was in San Diego. And from college, I knew I wanted to live in San Diego because I was I was dying for some sunshine. I'm from Seattle. So as we know, Seattle's a very gloomy, gloomy city. Uh, and I actually had always, the thing is, is I'd always had this kind of entrepreneurial spirit. I got that from my father. 
And I, I remember in college thinking to myself, I don't want to work for any corporate company. I want to be in like a messy, like just dynamic, fast paced, like startup environment. Like I knew that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to put my hands on all kinds of things, because as you know, when you're in corporate, there's like hierarchies, you know, there's certain things you can and can't do. I wanted to be in an environment where I could have the ability to really rise and really create an impact in the company. And that's exactly what I got when I worked with Tower, um, which was the ABC Shark Tank company. And I became director of marketing for that company and was able to support a 500% growth within the first year of coming on in the company. And that was really, really powerful for me. It really showed me my capability as a, as a leader. Um, and how old I, were you yeah. then? Well, that was right out of college. So what was that like 23? Yeah. When do you graduate college? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just think that's amazing that you, yeah. you, first of all, you were like, nope, I want to move somewhere where there's sunshine. I know I don't want to work in corporate. I never wanted to work in corporate. I've never had a yeah. corporate job. <laughs> And you knew what you knew what you wanted at a young age, because a lot of people don't, or they think they do. And then they find out, well, maybe not so much. Or Um, they should on themselves. You know, they let society or their parents or like, I should do this because everyone else is doing it. Or I should do this because, oh, my friend's you know, my friend was wanting to work for Microsoft and I had an opportunity to work there and I could have shit on myself and said, well, Ashley, you should work there. You know, it's, it's promising, it's safe, blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to follow a path that was definitely a lot scarier and a lot more like it wasn't as let's quote, quote unquote, safe or direct Mm -hmm. of a path, but it was what I wanted. It was the experience that I wanted. So what do you think helps you make those decisions? Do you just really have like this strong sense or intuitiveness, or I call it listening to your gut um, that helps you make those decisions or how do you make big decisions like that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because one of the biggest challenges that I have, I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this of being an analyzer and overanalyzing and overthinking things. Uh, That's one of my shadow patterns. And from time to time though, I'm able to drop from, well, now I'm, I'm much more practiced in this flexing of this muscle of mine, but back then I didn't really, I, I definitely struggled with it a lot more. However, when I was able to drop from my head to my heart, I have, I have a very strong intuition Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's almost like, and I've, I've said this before, I just joined a, a mastermind and they wanted us to admit something like share something that we feel too kind of shy to admit because we don't want to feel, we don't want to sound boastful or ridiculous. It's a really interesting challenge, right? Like what's something that you're kind of scared to say. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I said was that I feel like I've always had this like intuitive manifest ability where Mm -hmm. I've been able to, when I really, really want something, like when I really, really want it, I'm able to create it, even if it's like ridiculous. Like I remember when I was walking around saying, I'm going to move to San Diego and I'm going to get a kick-ass job in San Diego. Like I already know it. And I was just really like, I wanted it. And I was so confident in it. And I ended up 
getting exactly what I wanted. Um, and I've had those kind of situations happen. And, you know, now that I'm in this point in my life where I'm owning these parts of me and I'm realizing the power of when I drop from my head to my heart and I'm, I'm able to do that more frequently, which is why today I'm in a very different space than I was, you know, back then in terms of fulfillment and happiness is because I'm finally owning my gifts. Whereas before I wasn't, I wasn't owning my gifts and I was hardly aware of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So me doing what I did back then after college was really uh, a testament to the power that I had, that I've always had inside of me. But, you know, I, I didn't quite know how to fully activate that at will. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Oh, totally. And I mean, I'm always saying, cause I, I'll be honest with you. I can be such an overthinker, (laughs) like such an overthinker. I'm like, just stop. And I will actually tell myself out of my head, into my heart, out of my head. And I'll say that before I go on stage, I'll say that before I have to make a big decision. And a lot of times um, I will pray on it before I go to bed. And I know the first thing when I wake up in the morning, I will know the answer to whatever that question is. I mean, I I have values that I follow, like, and if it's not with the same integrity or or it's not in alignment, then the answer is easier. But if there's something I'm like, uh, but I really feel like your gut always knows. And then there's other distractions or things that come along the shoulda or may I should do that. That's such a good opportunity or the, the fear mm-hmm. of missing out. Oh, yes. I shouldn't turn that down. Cause what fear of you people's know. opinions, FOPO. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. All of that. But I do think that there is a power that we all have within us. If we just remember to tap into that and, and I think get quiet um, or be, you know, just be still long enough to, to listen to it is, is powerful. And I completely, I'm the same way. If I can see it um, and I can really imagine it and I can visualize it, then it will come true. But Mm -hmm. it can, it's also been kind of a scary situation because I remember when I was married before, I could not see myself growing old with my husband. And I knew the marriage was over. I was like, I couldn't, no matter how hard I tried, I could not see myself being married with him and growing old with him. Like when we were 60, 70, 80. Mm. And I was like, I I think this is done. Like I can't see it. And so sometimes I get a little bit scared of what I see and what I don't see. Not that I'm (laughs) like some psychic or anything, but I mean, I, I can, I do, I feel you on that. I I think we all, it's, it's funny that you said that. I mean, I had a vision like that, a few months ago where it scared me. Cause I, it was like, not in my plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when, when things show up and you have feelings in your body and you're like, your body's trying, we have such body wisdom. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you, if you want to know how to listen to your intuition, just be present with how you're feeling in your body. Like it's so, true. It's, it's so true. Like your, your heart center, your, especially for me, it's a lot of my solar plexus and my sacral chakra. Like that's where for me, I, I will really feel it there. And so it's like really being 
present to the sensations that you're experiencing in your body, because your body's always communicating with you. We have that innate ability to really make decisions from that place. We allow ourselves to be present with it and pay attention to what our body is telling us. But I can totally relate to what you were saying about having something show up that wasn't in your agenda, that wasn't in your plan. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Ooh, uh, like, do I want to listen to that? Because that wasn't in this plan that I had, but like, Ooh, it's feeling really strong. And I, and I feel called, you know, and it's like, those are the tough moments, man. Those are the moments where you are in like that. You, you know, that you get to make a big decision, right? And sitting with those decisions, like you said, in the stillness is so important to grant yourself that time. Do not, I repeat, do not go off and ask for advice. Mm -hmm. You have the answers within you. It's so I used to do this all the time where I didn't want to listen to my, I didn't even believe that I had the answer and I would just go off and ask everyone else for what they thought. Well, what do you think I should do? What, right? Like how many of us have done that? just more confused. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So we've got to like, first and foremost, give ourselves, our bodies, our, our intuitions, the chance to respond first. And how do you do that? Like you said, you take a moment of stillness. For me, it's journaling. I actually will go take myself through inquiry, uh, which I'm just asking myself questions while I'm journaling. And that helps me. It's as if you're talking to a friend, you know, talk to yourself that way, be a best Mm -hmm. friend to yourself and just ask yourself the questions that you would ask your friend if they were trying to make a tough decision. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the best way we can arrive at our own aligned truth. That's something that I do too, especially, you know, there, there have been days where I've missed my, you know, my journaling. I always have a morning routine and I think that really grounds me for the day. It keeps me, you know, from anxiety taking over or getting completely, you know, sidetracked or derailed if something happens throughout the day. But it was, and and prayer is a big part of that and journaling and some meditation. And the other day I had to get my daughter to the barn really early. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I woke up a little later. I was like, I just got to go. And um, I never opened my phone first thing in the morning. Like I don't want to scroll through social media or emails. I want to do my morning routine first. And I opened up social media. And the first thing I saw was a message that said, did you take time to talk to God? Then it said, did, then it popped up. Did you have time to scroll through social media? Did you have time to watch Netflix? Then you had time to check in with God and ask for help. And I thought, okay, there's my sign. I need to stick (laughs) to my morning routine. Um, but, But I love how you show that you, you know, in your stories a lot, you show that your journal and your candle And no matter where you are in the world, you stick to that routine because you travel all over, maybe not so much during COVID, but you travel all over the place, but you still stick to your morning routine. Can you walk us through a little bit uh, of what your morning routine is? I mean, I know you said journaling, but can you take us through a little bit of what your routine is? Yeah. So My routine, it definitely didn't start here. And I want to say that right away for anyone who really wants a morning routine, but feels a little, let's say overwhelmed with what that might look like for them. Know that I started with five minutes. I literally started with five minutes. (laughs) If you're a go, go, go type of person, that might be you too, where you just need five minutes to start. And then you can build from there. 
I just wanted to make that disclaimer because Thank my you for saying that. <laughs> it's, it's true. true. No, thanks. That's really it's good. A- We've all got to start somewhere, you know, and, and I was not used, I will say this, and I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this is I have always been, even through, you know, all my youth, like in school, go, 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 go from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, go, go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I thought of like meditating and like sitting and having stillness in the morning, it really kind of gave me anxiety at first. And that's okay. You know, like don't make yourself wrong. If, if you feel that that's okay, like be with it. Um, again, I started with five minutes and that was, felt like a lot to me and I built on it since then. So now my morning uh, ritual lasts about two hours. Um, and on days where, uh, you know, I always, at least at a minimum, am spending 30 minutes every day, like at minimum, but on average, my, my morning ritual lasts two hours. And so what it looks like is I wake up and I don't ever, like you, I don't ever check my phone. So my phone is until I'm done with my, uh, connection, my soul connection, my connection with God after I connect, then I allow myself to open my phone. So what the connection looks like for me is first meditating right away. Um, so that can last anywhere from a quick 10 minute meditation to 45 minutes, right? It can, it just depends. And I just really allow myself to go where I need to go with it. Sometimes I'm visualizing, sometimes I'm sitting in silence. Sometimes I choose to be in a guided meditation that I listen to. It's just whatever, whatever I'm feeling like this morning was a guided meditation. I haven't Mm -hmm. done that in weeks. And then after that prayer, you know, connecting with God, very important to me in the morning. So Right after a meditation, I'm, I feel super centered after I meditate and I feel in a much more aligned space to really connect with God. And uh, so I pray lots of gratitude. I thank you like this morning, thanking, I'm thankful for my brain. I'm thankful for my mm-hmm. body. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my, my voice and my mouth that allows me to speak. You know, I'm, I'm literally thankful for all of these things. I'm thankful for my team. I'm naming every single one of my team. So I'm going through gratitude and a lot while I'm praying. So I'm just thanking God for all the abundance and blessings that he has given me. And then after that, I love to read right now. I'm actually, and I haven't done this before, Amberly, but I'm reading two books right now. And normally I would be like, Ashley, you can't read two books at a time because you're cheating. You can't cheat on one book with another book. But but I actually really, I've been enjoying this. I've been reading a chapter from each book every morning. So I'll read my first chapter of that and then I'll read the second chapter of the other book. And then um, I journal as well. And journaling for me always looks different. Like it could literally be a list that I write down of a gratitude list, or it could be me processing something, or it could be me reflecting on something that happened. Um, so that's what my morning ritual. Oh, and also I, I take my dog out in nature, which I really mm. love doing as well. So I take my dog out in nature and uh, always have my coffee when I'm reading and I light my candles, which everyone usually mm. sees. If you do watch my stories, I like to, I love, I travel with my candles and I usually travel with my crystals and I like to create a little setup for myself uh, to try to create like a, 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 a feeling and experience. That's why I call it a ritual instead of a routine because I want it to feel. I like magical. that. Yeah. I yeah, like, like that I, so much better. <laughs> yeah. Cause routine to me feels like what I do all day, like check, check, check. You know what I mean? For yes. me, ritual feels like, ah, like a ritual. Like it's very experiential and I have my candles and I have my coffee and I have my crystals and it's a ritual, you know? <laughs> it's so, I love that. Well, I don't think you can see it. I've got a candle 
lit right behind me and it's got crystals inside of the candle. And as the oh, candle wow. burns, you can see more crystals come out. So it's pretty cool. I need that candle. What the heck? Girl, I'm going to get you one. <laughs> I'm going to get you one of those candles. Yeah. I love candles. And and I love that you call it ritual. It sounds so much more enjoyable because I really do. My favorite time of the day is first thing in the morning and um, right before I go to bed. And I, when I think about that, that's when I have my rituals. And yeah. in the morning, I love it because it's the only time of day that I get any quiet time to myself before you know, I'm, I'm the lunch lady for school or I'm the, the wife and, or, or the yeah. friend or the, whatever, you know, the coach or everything. Um, and then at night it's because I connect again in gratitude with my family and my daughter and I have snuggle time. And so that's special, mm-hmm. but I love that you call it ritual. And I love that you also, it shows how much you practice gratitude in everything that you do. And, you know, I've been on your podcast. I mean, I love your podcast and just the way you are with your guests, it shows that you really practice gratitude. You're always so grateful to your guests for being on and everything. And I really like that. One of the first things that you said was I'm grateful for my brain. Cause that's like, sometimes we don't think about things until those things are taken away. And I was just sharing the other day about how I have a lot of pain. And when it gets too much, my biggest fear is it starts to affect my thinking, my brain. And so when you said that first thing, thankful for my brain, I am so thankful for my brain. And when I can be sharp and when I can, it's those little things that, you know, we don't think about. And I think that if we can focus on those things, we start seeing more things to be grateful in our life. And, you know, it just shifts your whole perspective on everything. So I love that you do that. Well, one thing that I also really love, and I would invite, you know, any listeners who maybe are a little intimidated, intimidated by meditation or someone who meditates regularly and just is looking for maybe a, a new something, something to try something that I really love to do is when I'm meditating, I focus on all the parts of my body, starting from my toes all the way up to my head. And I'm feeling into each, like, and you feel it, like focus, for example, on your knees, right? And you're focusing with your eyes closed on your knees until you're feeling the aliveness in your knees, right? And then of course, experiencing this gratitude of like, wow, like I am blessed with these knees. These knees allow me to walk from point A to point B to jump, to play, you know, and really just going through, you can also do this in the bathtub uh, without, with keeping your eyes open and really just taking your hands and placing them. I don't have a bathtub right now where I'm at, but when I have, whenever I have a bathtub and I love taking baths, oh my gosh, I'm lighting candles. And it's just like my favorite thing, but I love, oh, to do I have this. the best bathtub. You can oh, come stay with me and use my bathtub. I'm yes, not please. kidding. We, we remodeled our house and it was all about the bathtub. I'm like, we're going to remodel around this bathtub. I love it. Oh my gosh. You're just like me. This is why you and I get along so well. So, Yes. I'm all of me too. I'm all about the bathtub. You just go through and you just touch each part of your body and like really look and focus on it and place your hands on it. And just really, there's so many parts like our ankles, like think about though. I don't know if anyone else I've had a broken ankle. So I remember what it was like. And I remember that feeling of Holy smokes. Like I never realized how 
pivotal my ankle is, which is this little part of your leg. But we don't Mm -hmm. take the time to really feel and have gratitude for those parts of us. And it just creates this really amazing connection to you and your body and to God. So mm-hmm. it's just something I would love to share with the listeners. If, if anyone feels that and, and does feel like they get to connect more with themselves and their body and appreciate themselves and accept themselves at a deeper level, this is a great practice that you can implement right away. Oh, I love that. And you know, what really helped me with meditation because I was a horrible meditator. I'm still not great at it, but I do meditations like that through the Calm app. They have some of of those meditations that will guide you through exactly what you're talking about. And it does, it takes, for me, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious, if I can do that, again, it takes me kind of out of my overthinking and into the present moment, which is not always easy to, you know, be in the present moment. In fact, my best friend texted me out of the blue today. She goes, your goal for today is to be in the present moment. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Thanks. I like that goal. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. What a cool best friend. Oh my God. She's, (laughs) she's amazing. She, she really is amazing. Like we just text each other throughout the day. And I feel like a lot of times it's exactly what I need to hear, or it's exactly what she needs to hear. You know, you never know. And I think it's just so awesome to have friends like that. And speaking of friends, you did a post the other day and you were talking about how you didn't have a lot of girlfriends. And I was like, oh, well, I'll be your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I I know. I saw that. It made my heart so warm. Oh, well, how do you, you know, I, I know when I get really clear on, you know, what my values are, it makes it easier. You know, when I was younger, I had a ton of friends. And then as I've gotten older and you really get set on what your values are and everything, I think it kind of narrows and you, you have less friends, you have more valuable friends. How do you go about building your female tribe? Is that new for you? Did you have more guy friends always or, or why is it that you, I'm just curious as to that post, what that, how that started. That was, yeah, no, thank you for that question. It's cool because I haven't talked about it a ton. So the, uh, yes, I definitely felt way more comfortable with guys growing up. Like, especially in college, I remember I had a lot of guy friends. Um, and I think it was because, and it wasn't to say that I didn't, I definitely had a ton of girlfriends and I've always had, what's interesting is from my, the third grade, I've always had a one best friend right? Like that, that one best friend that I'm attached at the hip with. I've always had that um, since third grade until three years ago about uh, where I had that best friend breakup that I referenced earlier on. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is, and what I've realized through this process of having two best friend breakups, the first one was a friendship of 10 years. The second one was six years, both ending in a space where I felt betrayed, quote unquote, right? So I felt I had that same feeling with that first friend who I had since third grade and this new friend that I had for six years, I had this feeling of betrayal. And I got to really take a hard look at where that came from because remember what we we talked about earlier is like 
our outward results are a reflection of our inward results, like what we're creating inside of ourselves, what our beliefs are, what we haven't healed, right? We're it's gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna keep coming up against the same thing until we finally heal it, right? And so uh what I've realized through this last couple of years as I've been on this healing journey of, I'm telling you, this last best friend breakup that I had was more painful than any romantic breakup. It was way more painful than any romantic breakup. And so I really was struggling for the first, you know, six months or even the first year afterwards. Like I was sad. I was really heartbroken and I missed her like crazy. And at the same time, I was so angry, right? I had Mm. so much anger inside of me. And uh, what I got to look at, and this is the hard part, this is very hard. It's also very necessary is if you feel like, which I did, I felt like the victim. I felt that I was wronged, that I was this victim in this experience. The minute I was able to look at myself and ask myself, how did I cause and create this? which by the way, that's a hard thing to do when you feel like someone, like there's no way I didn't have, nope, it's not my fault, not my fault. I'm the victim here. They did this to me, blah, blah, blah. And you're in your righteousness about it, which I was right away. I was very, I felt like like so wronged. But when I was finally able to shift that into a place of responsibility, which is now one of my core, core values is what responsibility means to me is that I'm 100% responsible 100% of the time, no matter what. That's what a true leader is. When I'm responsible, I'm powerful because then I'm saying that nothing, that I am bigger than my circumstances. I'm no longer giving my power away and being a victim. I'm now a victor of Mm -hmm. of my circumstances. And so when I finally was willing to look at how did I cause and create this, I realized a, a shadow pattern from a past experience with my mother that I had not healed. And when I was finally able to heal that inner child that was within me, wanting the love, wanting the acceptance, wanting this attention around this certain part of my past that I had never healed, then it's crazy. I've been attracting the most amazing women in my life and that are aligned with my values. Because truth be told, when I looked back, I was ignoring red flag upon red flag upon red flag with both of these women. Mm-hmm. who are my best friends. You know what I'm saying? And why was I doing that? So I had to really get clear about why I was doing that and where it came from, where it originated. Because by the way, when we're clear about where something originated, in other words, if you're having some kind of result that keeps happening, maybe you keep dating the wrong guy. Maybe you know something keeps happening in your life, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, this keeps happening to me, which is what I was saying. This mm-hmm. keeps happening to me. I keep losing these friends, like, <gasps> you know? It's really important to to look at where that came from. In other words, who does this person or what does this situation remind me of from my childhood? The reason why it's so so true. It's so true. And the reason why it's so important to ask yourself that question is because the minute we're able to realize that where it came from, we realize that it's not ours. That it's that we we can separate ourselves from this. We now have the awareness so we can actually realize that, hey, this doesn't have to be my reality. Maybe it was my reality back when I was 12 years old and this happened, but it doesn't have to be my reality today. No, no, no. This gets to be my new reality. And so I went through a big transformational process over the last couple of years, healing that mother wound that I had that was that was 
surfacing in my friendships. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I am today. And I, I feel so, so blessed. I've had such incredible experiences with women and I feel like I'm able to open up uh, a lot easier and in a way that feels just freeing to me. Like I feel, mm -hmm. I feel really, really good. So I'm excited. I'm excited and looking forward to all of the amazing women that will continue to come into my life and the friendships that I'm going to continue to create that are in alignment with who I really am. Oh, I love that. You know, it's so true. Our inner child thinks that I, you know, I kept repeating a similar situation, but with men and I would be like, oh, this guy seemed so different, you know, and it was the exact same emotionally unavailable, abusive, blah, blah, blah guy. And until I looked at where that was coming from and heal that part, did I meet my husband who is like the man of my dreams? He's not mm -hmm. perfect. <laughs> he was annoying <laughs> me earlier this morning. <laughs> But I love him. You know, he is, he yeah. is the man of my dreams. You know, he makes me laugh, but it's so true that that inner child, that's what I tell you though, as a mom, I am so conscious of things that I say, and I am not perfect by any means. And both my girls will be able to tell you that I am not perfect. And I had to really, I grew a lot. I mean, I was 23 when I had my first daughter and I made a ton of mistakes and we had to work through a lot and I had to take responsibility for things I did and make amends to her. But I'm really conscious of things that I do because I know that things that my parents did, you know, they did the best they could with what they had. They were young. They were 18 when they had me. I was like, I don't want to do these things. Like I want to be this kind of parent. I want, you know, so I tell you, it's a lot of responsibility as a parent. So I don't have to have my kids in therapy for the rest of their life because of my parenting, but you know, we just do our best. But I think that's interesting that you have really taken the steps to heal those parts. And, and the thing that you share is like, that takes work and that takes willingness and that takes looking at your part in the situation and a choice to be the victor of your life. And I love seeing you shine. And, you know, in your book, you've got a number one best-selling book and you talk about how to create the, the relationships you want everything in your life that you want with the confidence and what really inspired you to write your book? I realized that I needed to share my story and I needed to share it in a raw, real way because in the small micro moments when I did share my story, I was shocked by the amount of people who were moved, who could relate. I mean, a lot of us go through things and we think that we're the only one that's going through things and mm -hmm. we feel shamed to share it when actually it's quite the opposite that when we allow ourselves to share it, we're actually, while we're sharing it, by the way, we're healing ourselves because we're shining light on our darkness, which is the first step to overcoming our darkness is shining light on it. And we are simultaneously facilitating the healing of others who are listening, mm -hmm. who are watching, who are reading. So that's why I wrote the book was I knew I needed to share my story and that I needed to share the powerful tools that I learned 
along the way that really greatly supported me. So in every chapter, at the end of the chapter, I have a chapter challenge and uh, just really giving, because I'm very clear that you can't read about transformation. You can't talk about it. You can't listen about it. You got to be about it. You got to do the work. You got to practice. You got to flex those muscles. If you're not confident, doesn't mean that you're not, that you are not confident. It means that you have not flexed the confidence muscle in a long time. And it's mm-hmm. just unused. It just needs to be reactivated, right? It just needs to, it needs to get some reps in. And so that's why those challenges were very important for me to include because I, I want people to get out in action and know that they can sit and read about all these nice fluffy things and, oh yeah, that sounds good. But to go out and actually put yourself in those uncomfortable situations that will grow you, that's what creates the true transformation and the change that you're looking to see in your life. And so um, that's what it did for me. That's what, that's how I, I would not be where I am if I just read about it. I had to go through a very, I got to go through a very uncomfortable training, which I spoke about that four month long training and many more things since then. (laughs) Yeah. But I love that you say that you can read about it, you can hear about, but you really have to go through those uncomfortable moments. And it's something that I talk to a lot of my clients that are like, oh, well, yeah, I'm uncomfortable posting on Instagram and I don't know. I just feel, how do you get over, you know, posting a picture of yourself on Instagram? I just feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, the only way to get more confident with that is to do it. And I remember the first time I ever posted a picture of myself, I literally pulled the covers over my head and I was like, people are going to see my face. You know, like I was just so (laughs) like, oh my God, you know, but then the more you do it, the more, as you say, confident, it's like building that muscle, like getting those reps in at the gym to get stronger, getting those reps in to build your confidence or to build your resilience. It takes practice. Yes. And it's really important to be grounded in your intention, why you're posting it, because um, that's very, very important, especially look at social media these days. It can be very all consuming. So we can do things for the wrong reasons. And, and, and hey, look, we're all human, but it's, it's really important that before you post something that you ask yourself, why am I posting it? Like remind yourself of your why, because if we're posting something and we're really being honest with ourselves, which we, Hey, we can be honest with ourselves, right? It's just you and you, me and me talking to myself. And if I ask myself, like, Hey, am I posting this for validation right now? Mm-hmm. Am I posting this because I want some likes? Am I posting this? Cause I want, you know, if it's something surface, if that's your why, if you have a surface purpose, I like to call it, then you're going to be knocked over a hell of a lot quicker and it's going to hurt. In other words, when you, if you get any kind of pushback on that, maybe someone makes a rude comment, right? There's some, there's some cyber bullies out there. If you did it for a surface purpose, if you posted it for a surface purpose, then you're going to get knocked down because you don't, you're not grounded in a deeper why. Now, if your deeper why is to be of service, for example, say, oh, I'm sharing this because I want people to know that this is possible for them or whatever it may be, right? That mm-hmm. that they're not alone, right? If you have a deep why, and I like to say like a why that makes you cry, like something deep, right? Then when someone comes at you, you're going to be grounded in your why and you're going to feel mm-hmm. good because you're, you're reminded of your purpose and why you did it. And this goes for anything that you do. This isn't just about social media. This is about who you be every day. This is about what you're choosing to do for your career. It's like, why are you doing it? And asking yourself that because that's where the true fulfillment comes from. 
is when we're very grounded in our intention and in our why. And I mean, you can think of it like, I, I like this analogy of a tree, right? And if a tree is just, someone takes this tree and they go to plant it and they just kind of like set it on top of the ground, kind of throw some dirt on it, but it's not really planted, right? Storm comes, boom, tree's knocked over, it's done, right? If this tree is planted way deep and its roots are going way down into the earth, a storm comes, it may do this a little bit, but it ain't going nowhere. It's standing strong. And that's what your purpose gets to be too, your why. Um, the same thing, I actually wanted to say this earlier, we were talking about public speaking. I have a mantra that I say to myself and for anyone who's listening, who, even if it's just speaking in front of small groups, like at a dinner party or whatever it may be, when in doubt, focus out. When in doubt, focus out. I say that to myself. It's one of my mantras because I know that when I speak, like right now on this podcast, for example, or when I'm, you know, used to be up on stages before COVID, I would remind myself of, hey, I'm here to serve. The minute I'm worried about what someone thinks about me and if they're going to accept me, if they're going to like what I talk about, if they're going to like me, who am I making it about? Mm -hmm. I'm making it about me. This ain't about me. I'm here to serve you and your audience. I'm not here to look good. I'm not here. That's selfish, right? I'm here for service. And so when I remind myself that I'm here to serve and I, when in doubt, focus out on the people, all of a sudden that nervousness, girl, it just goes away. It dissipates when I remind yeah. myself of that. My dad is a man of few words, but when he says stuff, when he talks, I listen. <laughs> but no, I was going to give my very first talk. And I was really nervous. I was speaking in front of a bunch of bankers, um, investors, and lawyers. And I called my dad and I was like, I'm so nervous. He goes, well, why would you want to do public speaking? Don't you know that's the biggest fear besides death itself? Um, and I was like, oh, that's not helping. And he said, well, he said, well, Amberly, remember why you're doing it. This isn't about you. This is about who you're talking to. And so I never forget that. And so when I do feel, start getting in my head, being nervous, I, I always remind myself, wait a minute, what is my why? I think it's, thank you for mentioning that because I think it's really important whether you're talking about, you know, with anxiety or if you're feeling nervous about doing something is to focus on your why, man, that gets you really clear on, for me anyway, what your purpose is. And I've had, I look, I have had, haters come out of the woodwork when I have yeah. spoken about something that has been really near and dear to my heart. And all it did was it, I felt like it was an opportunity to either really believe in my message. If it, you don't believe in it, then it, you're like, it's like the tree. You're, it's going to knock you over. Exactly. And so it's really up to you. And it's a test. I think, do you really believe in your message? How, mm -hmm. you know, how deep are those roots? You know, how grounded yeah. are you? So I think that's a really good tip. So your mantra was when in doubt, doubt focus out, when in doubt, focus out. I love that. And uh, look at this. This is a really great example. And so I'm holding right now a blue cup for those of you who are listening. If you were to come to me and be like, Ashley, that cup is red. I'd be like, this cup is clearly blue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's my truth. If you come at me, I'm not going to even feel the need to argue with you because I'm just yeah. going to be like, it's ridiculous. It's so clearly blue. You know what I'm saying? So it's just interesting when we think about, you know, why we feel the need to defend ourselves to someone who comes and, 
you know, hates on us or, you know, criticizes us. It's actually an opportunity. If you feel the need to do that, to defend yourself, then you got to turn back the mirror here on yourself and, and ask yourself like, well, am I rooted in that truth? Am I rooted in the truth I just shared? Because if that person's able to knock you down with that comment and get you all flustered to where you feel like you need to go run to the defense, then there's something missing. There's just something missing that you get to tweak and you get to get even more grounded in your truth and what that mm -hmm. is to you. You know what I'm saying? Like the blue cup. It's like, I'm very sure. I don't, you, I would just laugh if someone came at me and said I was wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a good example because that's how our truths get to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, I remember the first time I had all the haters come out, it was an interview I did on national TV and there were a lot of people from a CRPS support group that were like, she's a disgrace to our community. You can't use your mindfulness, you know, to overcome your pain and this and that. And I was just, at first I was like a little shook. I was like, oh my gosh, my people, those are my, and not everybody. There were just a few bullies. And um, my husband was like, oh, that's good. Good for you. Yeah, you need yeah. some haters. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I Thanks, love honey. Him. I love him. No, that's so good. That's so good. I actually, I say that. That's what I, I actually teach women in my groups about this. I'm like, if you get haters, like give yourself a pat on the back. That means that you're being magnetic AF, like you're being magnetic because if you're really standing in your truth there, that, I mean, we live in a diverse, but where there's contrast everywhere. And that's the beauty of this life is the diversity in it. Mm -hmm. So of course, there's going to be someone who doesn't agree with you. Of course, there's going to be someone who has an opposite opinion as you, of course. And the more you truly express yours, they're going to come out the woodwork because they're going to feel like they want to truly express their truth, right? So I believe that haters are actually a sign that you are being bold, that you're being brave, and that you are speaking your authentic truth. That's what I, that's the meaning I've attached to haters now. <laughs> I love it. Um, Trent Shelton talks about haters a lot. And he said, they're just confused supporters. That's what he says. Oh, I love that. They're just confused, <laughs> confused supporters. supporters. Before we go, I really appreciate your time. I just have a couple more questions. I wanted to ask you about if you could share a little bit about your female on fire, because I have to say, I listened to the one with Alexi. Is that right? Yes. Alexi oh my gosh. I took the long way home so I could finish listening to that episode with her. It was so good. I wanted to know what exactly can you share? Like, you know, what is female on fire? And I mean, I feel honored. I got to be one of your females on fire. And I was like, if we need to redo that, we can, because the internet was kind of spot. I'm like, is that, is that okay? <laughs> you were like oh, in a Caribbean so island or something. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you guys, we were in, I was in Tulum with Gerard, my boyfriend. I had the crappiest Wi-Fi connection. Amber Lee was this like champ. She was like championing it like a boss. Like, you really like, were. Are we yeah, yeah, but she kept going. And so it's like, I told her, I'm like, people won't even know that. Like I was mainly <laughs> the one freezing. So I was like, Amberly, look, if I sometimes, if I all of a sudden stop moving and I'm frozen, just keep talking, <laughs> just keep going, keep sharing, keep giving value. You got this girl. And she was totally doing it. I'm like, man, I've told actually after that, it's funny you bring this up. I told Gerard after that podcast interview, which should be going up very soon. But I told him, I was like, 
man, I'm so grateful that that interview was with Amberly. I'm so grateful that it was her that I went through that with because she was like the best. I was like, I'm so grateful that that happened with her because I could just trust you with it. You know, thank you. Well, I mean, I just love all that you're doing and you're getting women fired up. And that interview, I'm telling you, I was like, they were like, why did it take you so long to go to the store? And I'm like, I'm really binging your episodes. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So Female on Fire is something that was birthed a few months ago during my VIP day with my coach who I just hired, who I am so thankful for. I mean, talk about blessings, man. One of the scariest, biggest investments I've made in myself to date so worth it. Uh, So it was birthed there and it actually came out of my mouth when she was, of course, the best coaches ask the best questions, right? They don't tell you, they just ask you the best questions. And she asked me, she was asking all the best questions and all of a sudden it just came out and I was like, female on fire. And we both looked at each other and we were like, we both got chills and we were like, yes, this is it. This is the next, this is the next level. Like this is, this is my evolution. This is the next thing I, I get to I just got goosebumps. I'm <laughs> yeah, not it was kidding. Really, it was so powerful. And, um, and so yes, what a female on fire is and what that really means is it's a woman who is really fully expressed and fully activated in her sensuality, her sexuality and her intuition and magnetism of her divine feminine. And also in her power, her courage, and her decisiveness of her and strength of her divine masculine, right? So she's really this this goddess that dances effortlessly between between the two. And she's really lit up and on fire from the inside out. And she radiates that flame everywhere she goes in every area of her life, not just one area, not just two, but all areas. She's really fully expressed and fully activated. So that's what a female on fire is. And of course I chose you to be one of those females on fire because that's how I see you. And that's why so many women look up to you. And, you know, I see that with all the women that I chose for, I chose 11 women for this series. And Alexi, yes, was one of them as well. And um, I wanted to bring on women who I felt were an exemplar, uh, you know, an example of of what it really means to be a female on fire. And uh, that's what this series is. And it's um, and there's a program that I created called the Female on Fire Inner Circle and also the Female on Fire Collective, where I actually get to work with women through lighting their flame and reigniting and reactivating those parts of themselves that they've dimmed or hidden or that are just have just been lying dormant. You know, I can't tell you how many, how many beautiful, powerful business women there are who actually are quite the different person in the bedroom, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes where it's like, maybe they're super confident. You put them in a boardroom in front of people, but then you put them in a bedroom and they don't feel sexy and they don't, they're not fully activated there. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe they feel confident with their friends or in the bedroom, but in business, they're not right. So it's like, there's some sacrificing and settling going on. And that's what I'm here to disrupt and interrupt in women and show them that they can have it all and be fully activated and expressed in all of these areas of themselves. Oh, I love that because I think you're so right. There, there can be 
uh, it just made kind of an imbalance, right? Yeah. Like an imbalance. An, an, yeah. An imbalance. That's so mm-hmm. right. Well, I love that. I just saw that someone, uh, another person joined your female on fire and yeah. you're like, yeah, this person. Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, I love <laughs> that. You know, I think when women support women, that is where, that's where magic happens. I have always loved supporting women. And by the way, I feel so honored to be included in that that list. It really means so much. Thank you. I was kind of chuckling because right before we started recording, I walked downstairs to tell my husband, I said, hey, I'm recording. And he looked at me and, you know, have some makeup on. And he goes, oh, you look pretty, which he doesn't say a lot. So when he tells me I look pretty, I'm like, oh. I was like, wow, thanks. I said, like from the waist up, because I have on like workout shorts, old workout shorts from the waist down. (laughs) So he goes, he goes, no, he goes, I I love the waist down. He goes, that's my leg. And he looked at my leg that was all scarred up. And he's like, that's my leg. And I think it, what has helped me so much feel more confident because I wasn't confident at all, more confident, like in the bedroom and, and stuff is that I have this loving partner who accepts me or makes me feel accepted and safe. And so I think when you have a community of women who, if you don't have a partner, if you have a community of women who can remind you who you are and encourage you to step into your truth Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And so I just appreciate all you're doing for so many, especially women. I think we need that more than ever. But I just, I love all you share. I love you and all that you create is magic. And I'm so grateful for you. Can you please tell people, I mean, first of all, tell them where they can get magnetic confidence because I really want people to read your book. And then tell people where they can find you or if they want to sign up for your course. I don't know if you're doing a mastermind right now or if you're just doing the female on fire right now. Are you doing both? So the female on fire will start first, inner circle, and then the mastermind, which is very business oriented. So female on fire is like the deep work, like the stuff that I was talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the stuff that I got to do. So that's like the deep, uncomfortable personal work. The mastermind is very business. It's very, you know, it's very structured. It's like strategic, tactical, kind of like very personal branding focused, right? Mm -hmm. They're both happening, but the female on fire starts sooner than the the mastermind does. And yeah, the female on fire, um, you can go to femaleonfire.net, nice and easy. And then for the mastermind, it's magneticbrandingmastermind.com. And my book, if you just Google magnetic confidence, you can just type that in in Google. It's going to, it'll be the first result that'll, that'll pop up. Or you can go on Amazon and search it that way and just type in magnetic confidence and it'll be the first result. You'll see it pop up there. And then your website and then. Yes, my website, my website 2.0 just launched. So I had my, I just did a whole reinvention rebrand of myself, which was again, an outcome of of that VIP day with my coach and just Ashley 2.0. Cause I'm not the same person that I was when actually I started this journey, you know, in my, in my personal brand. So I got to really elevate. So it's really cool. I'll be posting something about this on my social media as an announcement, but it's Uh, ashleyhan.com. You'll see my whole new brand experience there. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. And I hope I get to see you in person. Come use my bathtub anytime. (laughs) 
Girl, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm excited. I'm serious. I'll be in there lighting my candles, playing my music. You'll be like knocking on the door. Ashley, are you okay in there? I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Amberly, for having me on and just always making me feel like I said earlier, so seen and I've always just, uh, since day one, since I met you, felt su- super connected to you in an instant bond. And so I'm just so grateful for you in my life. And I'm so grateful to be on here and be connecting with your tribe as well. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. I feel the same. You're my soul sister. Thank you. Love you. Love Thanks so much for joining us this week on True Grit and Grace podcast. If you like it, please rate it or share it with your friends. That would help too. If you're not yet on the newsletter list, come over to AmberlyLago.com and jump on it. While you're there, you can grab a free downloadable gratitude journal and you might just want to check out my book or even check out my monthly motivational membership. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next week.